0: Every time I watch that, I go, AJ, pat yourself on the back, buddy.
1: Right? Thank you, man. I was like, I was really <laughs> proud of myself on that one.
0: <laughs> that was that was that was really really good. I lo- I love that intro, Thank and uh, I think that's an intro. It's going to be sticking for a while. No. Now, what we have to do is we got to make an outro. Exactly. We have to make an outro uh, yeah. for this um, uh, for this podcast. I'm going to say podcast because yeah. really really at the end of the day this is a vodcast and thank you um thank you chris for that lovely comment that was all aj thanks buddy that was all aj right there and yeah. uh let's uh let's uh point out to a few more people raymond's in the room
1: What's
0: up, hey buddy how's it going and uh, so here we are our very first episode now I asked you last night what did you think of the thumbnail because I didn't put episode I put case case I loved it one
1: I loved it and I was so mad that I didn't think of that I was this <laughs> much worse I was this much worse I'm not gonna lie
0: oh jeez we have a we have a really really good show uh, planned for our very very first I will say episode now but it is case but uh, you know. Last week or during the week, we came on briefly just to talk about our show. And we were talking about what we were going to do with the first episode. But things have changed. Things have changed. And for the better. Mm -hmm. I was, I was, um, hey, hey, Kelly. I was uh, watching something last night that really struck a chord with me. And it was really, really interesting. And it really had a twist uh, to this whole story. So we're going to be showing this video today. And basically what this video is, it's about a girl uh, at the age of 20 that unfortunately unfortunately committed suicide. Now, you're you're saying to yourself, well how does that deal with true crime or crime at all? Well, there's an interesting twist to this. And it's like it's like it's it's it, it blew me away. It really did. And 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 I think it's really important now that we show this type of episode because this is going on everywhere. Catfishing is a big, big issue in social media. So I spoke to AJ and I said, I really want to play this episode. Uh, we will probably play The Motive next week, but we're going to play this episode today. And there's a, like I said, there's a really, really interesting twist to this. And it's actually quite scary uh, that this can happen so easily and you get the wool pulled over your eyes so easily uh, when you love someone. And uh, so this girl was 20 years old who committed suicide. Now, the really sad thing about this, where she committed suicide and and this is horrible. And I'm sorry that I'm going to say this, but there's around 50 to 55 suicides in this exact same spot every single year. Wow. Yeah. So this is in uh, Sydney, Australia. And the well, I guess the Sydney's the east side of Australia, I believe. So yeah. So it's really, it's really, really sad. But like I said, it's got a really, really interesting twist to it. And you guys are going to be blown away. You might kind of figure it out during, but yeah, it's, it's, it's sad. It really, really is sad. She ended up meeting this guy and uh, this guy was in jail.
1: Don't, don't and, explain it all. Well, I'm just going to give a little
0: bit, just a little bit. And, uh, so it has a lot to do with him. It has a lot to do with a good friend. And uh it's it's really really interesting and I and I really hope you guys enjoy it. And uh what's this?
1: Hey Liz, how are you?
0: Do you mind if I put this up, Jonathan? I I would really like to put this up.
1: Yes, please do.
0: <sighs> you guys can read that and yeah um you know what Jonathan there was no reason to put that up there um I appreciate that and I think uh I think uh there was miscommunication in certain areas and uh, I appreciate you saying that and I I apologize back sorry you
1: kind of got cut off the last part there when you said sorry so sorry sorry
0: what did you hear It was just the ending. Sorry part when you
1: were apologizing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You didn't you didn't need to do that. I really, really appreciate it. And you know what? I'm I'm sorry as well. And uh, I hope we can uh, turn uh, something a bad situation into a good situation and be great friends. And that's what it's all about. And thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. Okay, back to the show. So we are going to be showing this video today, and I really hope you guys like it. Obviously, we're going to be here reacting to it. And uh, we definitely want to see your comments in here as well, and what your thoughts are. And I definitely want to get your thoughts at the end because the ending is what's in like once the video is done, I want to hear your thoughts on what should have happened. Um, yes. because it's like I said, it's an interesting twist. So Here we go. Uh...
1: Guys, I haven't seen this yet either, so I'm with you on this. Let's go.
2: The story you're about to see will shock you. You'll come away questioning your faith in our system of justice and how it failed a young woman with so much to live for. Renée believed she'd met the man of her dreams.
3: She said his name's Braden, and he's 24. Except, she hadn't met him at all.
4: Are you Braden Spiteri?
2: Someone else was writing their story.
3: Sort your daughter out. She's threatened to kill herself.
2: I can't
4: be without you, baby. You're my With
2: a tragic ending.
3: Do you regret what happened? I trusted you. You came into my home.
2: A liar is exposed. Pure evil would be the best way to describe her. But will there be justice for Renee?
3: She hasn't gone in vain. I'll make sure of that.
0: (laughs) Oof. Now, before we go any further, I do want to mention this. Obviously, this is not our video. Uh, this is uh, by uh, uh, True True Crime Daily, and I will let people know their link is in the description. So if you want to go over and follow this page on YouTube, by all means, go ahead. Um, I wanted to give credit to uh, this, uh, this particular channel, and uh, they deserve all this credit in the world because some of their stories are absolutely incredible. So here we go.
2: the gap in Sydney's eastern suburbs. It's a dramatic and foreboding place, the scene of up to 50 suicides a year. In 2013, 20-year-old Renee Marsden took her own life on the day a turbulent 18-month relationship ended. It came as a terrible shock to her parents, but over the following weeks and months, they would discover that Renee and their entire family had fallen victim to a monstrous deception.
5: For Renee Marsden's parents, Teresa and Mark, the memory of August 5, 2013, is forever etched in their minds.
2: What was the first inkling that you had on, on that day that
3: something was wrong? On the Monday morning, Renee got up like normal, went to work and she always got home about 30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon and um, I was standing at the bench and she walked in and I could tell there was something wrong. I just looked at her and she, she was deflated. She wasn't crying. I could tell she was upset and she just walked past and I said, is everything alright? She said, I'm, I'm fine. It's okay, Mum. And she walked upstairs to her room. And then I, I received a text message from Braden.
5: Braden Spiteri was Renee's boyfriend of 18 months and a prisoner serving time for manslaughter in Goulburn Jail. He sent Teresa a text message from behind bars.
2: What did it say?
3: Sort your daughter out. She's threatened to kill herself.
2: That's a difficult moment for any mother. So you, you obviously went straight up to speak to her.
3: I did. I walked up to her room. She's sitting on the edge of her bed, and I sat beside her. And I said, "I have a look at this," and I showed her the text message. I said, should I be concerned? She said, don't be stupid, Mum. And I said, what's it all about? And she said, I finally found out what he's all about. She said, you don't have to worry about him anymore, Mum, it's over.
5: Brayden had been in jail for most of his relationship with Renee. They'd only ever communicated online and had never met in person. But that hadn't stopped him taking her on an emotional rollercoaster. Brayden's blunt breakup message to Renee signalled the end of their relationship. Or at least that's what her parents thought. What they didn't know was that Braden would exchange a further 91 text messages with their daughter that day.
3: Went back up to her room to check her and she's getting changed. And I said to her, what are you doing? She said, um, she's reapplying her makeup. And I remember saying to her, um, she was pinning her hair up. And I said to her, why you got such beautiful hair, Renee? Why don't you just leave it down? It's beautiful, you know? She said, no, Mum, I'm just going out to dinner with the friends from work, it's all, it's all good. I said, okay. I said, are going to be long? She goes, no, you know, Renee was never out late. Mm. If Renee went to dinner, be home
5: at 9:30. Renee gave Teresa every impression she was okay before she left home. Teresa had no idea that her daughter was driving towards the Gap, Sydney's most notorious suicide spot.
0: Can you imagine 50 a year? Can you imagine? Just before 6 p.m.,
5: Renee sent Teresa a final text.
2: And what was the message?
3: She said, Mum, I love you. And I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry for my I will
6: always love you.
3: Yeah. She said, I'm sorry. You're my best friend. Even at that point when she sent me that message, I, I look back and I think, how much you must have been hurting. And for her to still care about how I felt.
0: And the, and I will say the problem,
5: the the problem is people jump off that cliff they're never found.
3: Wow. Once I showed my friend that message, she said to me, I think maybe we should ring the police. And they put out an alert to see mm. if they could track her down.
5: The police began their search, and it was soon revealed that Renee had sent two other texts one to Braden, who had just dumped her, and one to her best friend of five years, Camilla Zadan.
3: I actually called Camilla the night Renee went missing, and um, I asked her, I said, Have you heard from Renee? And she said, Yes. She received a text message from Renee and I said, what did it read? And she said that she loved her and that she was sorry. And she said, what's wrong? I said, "Uh, Renee hasn't come home. She said, not a problem, I'll come and pick you up and I'll drive you around to where I think Renee would go. And I said, fantastic. So she did, she came around here and she picked me up with her mum. We drove to McDonald's where she thinks renee would have went and she also took me to Braden's sister's house of to so we drove up to this house Can you imagine being... i went to get out the car and she said well renee's car's not here and i don't think Braden's sister lives here anymore so she's obviously not here
5: meanwhile the police had wasted no time tracking renee's phone to watson's bay near the gap
3: we had the police come round about nine, mm. nine o'clock and said to us, um, more or less at that point, it wasn't good. We and can't find her. We We're can't. searching the area, but we can't find her. Yeah. And um, we found her car. We've taken the car. I got upset that they took the car, because I thought if she's gone for a walk and she comes back, her car's not going to be there. She, she won't know what to do.
2: Did the police tell you what they found in the car? No. Nah. No. Nah. They
0: didn't. No. Nah. And I'm surprised they wouldn't. Yeah. Why they Inside wouldn't do Renee's that? Inside Renee's car was me. a
5: Valentine's card from Brayden, and Renee's old iPhone, which he had stopped using two months earlier. Police also discovered that Renee had used her finger to scrawl "I love you, Brayden" on one of the car windows.
3: You and I drove down there, didn't we?
5: We were panicking, we were worried. We
6: went down and did our own walk around, trying to find her, calling her name. We probably spent two hours. I think we got a few hours sleep and then we went back again in the morning. And we found a pair of shoes.
3: Yeah, I did find her shoes. I picked them up and I I looked at them. I got quite upset. And um, I think behind me was a police officer come up and she took them off me and told me to put them back. And she removed me from the scene.
0: Unbelievable. Right.
2: There was a point where the police had to be very honest with you about their fears. What did they say to you?
6: The police said uh, go home, virtually go home and prepare
5: a, a funeral. Nice. Nice, right? Renee's body awesome. was never recovered. It was most likely swept
2: out to sea after she jumped. Mark and Teresa blamed Braden for Renee's suicide. He dumped her on the day that she died. They messaged him, but he failed to reply. So they turned to Renee's close friend, Camilla Zidane, for answers. She was the only one who'd met Braden in person. But Camilla seemed more interested in Braden's welfare than mourning the loss of her friend Rene. Camilla comes to you in the, in the moment of your utmost grief. Yep. And she wants you to think about Braden. Yes.
3: Mm. Yeah, she said to me, he's hurting too. And I think it was you at the time said, yeah. how, how would you know if he's hurting, how? And she said she actually spoke to him. He actually called her and he's hurting. So we have to leave him alone because everyone's blaming him. I said, um, I've given the police Broden's phone number and she, her demeanor changed straight away.
6: You gotta get it back.
3: She said, you gotta ask for it back. And I said, why? So nothing was making sense. So Camilla was starting to say things to us that wasn't making sense.
5: Next.
6: He said, oh, there's an app that can help us.
5: How a 13-year-old boy helped reveal the true identity of Brayden Spiteri.
3: I was shocked.
1: You know, it's so funny.
3: Renee Marsden to took her out. own
2: life on the day her boyfriend, Brayden Spiteri, dumped her from his jail cell. To understand their relationship, we need to go back to her previous relationship, with her first love, Angus.
7: Renee, I met whilst uh, getting a haircut at uh, an old place she used to work at, Miss Elizabeth's hair studio. Did you cut your hair? Uh, No, she didn't actually. So funny story, she was the trainee apprentice, the hairdresser apprentice who, when I would come in, she would wash my hair and give me a head massage. I used to go in, not needing a haircut, but just as an excuse to see her and meet her. She was very bubbly, beautiful, (laughs) kind. What's that? That's how pathetic us men are. We just go
0: and just- Oh, you're
5: (laughs) Before long, they were
2: dating. And you made plans together. You had a contract together.
7: We did. We came to a conclusion that we would have four kids um a, a labrador and uh, wrote up a funny love contract with each other early on in the, in the relationship they were the best years of my life when i was with her i it will say he looks very completely different now right yeah And unfortunately what was going on behind the scenes i just had no idea at the time behind She's the a scenes renee's close She's friend her.
5: camilla was bad-mouthing angus
7: she wanted an end to the relationship I was quite blown away and and left questioning how and why such a good relationship that I believe, such a loving relationship, had such a quick ending with so little explanation and reasoning. I later on found out that it wasn't so much what I did, but it was all part of Camilla's plan. She had really deteriorated Renee's mental health by constantly pestering and pestering her, wearing her down and feeding her false stories.
3: The night she came home, told me she had just broken up with Angus. We sat at the end of her bed and she she was just crying. She was sobbing and I said, what's wrong, Renee? She said, I just told Angus it's over. And I couldn't believe it.
5: Camilla, who had poisoned her friend against her first love, now steered Renee into
3: another relationship.
2: You hear this name, Braden Spiteri. When was the first time his name was mentioned?
3: She said, I've I've been speaking to somebody. And I sort of stood back and I, who you been talking to? And she said, his name's Braden and he's 24. And I went, it's a bit too soon, don't you think? She said, no, 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 Camilla's introduced me to him. And it was her ex-boyfriend.
5: Camilla Zaydan had been Renee's best friend since year nine. The two were very close. So when Camilla introduced Renee to Braden Spiteri via text and social media, he seemed like a good match for her next boyfriend. She couldn't see Braden or talk to him, but there was a reason for that.
3: Camilla had told Renee he was in a, involved in a motorcycle accident. He's Best friend was on the back of that bike. He was killed and Braden was sentenced to manslaughter, sent to Goulburn jail. But Camilla had arranged for a phone through his lawyers. The family was very wealthy and he can keep in contact with Renee.
6: Renee's parents thought the situation
5: was bizarre. What's that? When you're in jail, you ain't getting no But They call wanted
1: call. to
2: support their daughter. Yeah. All you're interested in is your daughter's happiness. Yeah. And this person seemed to make her happy.
3: Yeah. 100%. Um,
2: he was saying to her mm.
3: everything she wanted to hear. Well, everything that's, that's she right. wanted to hear. He, he knew that she wanted what her goals were. She wanted to get married, want to have kids, wanted that life. Knew yeah.
5: all that. Camilla told Renee she could not see Braden in jail because he'd given up visiting rights in exchange for a reduced sentence. Camilla claimed Braden had illegally obtained access to a mobile phone but could not make voice calls. The only way to contact him was via text and Facebook. Their dialogue was intense and took over Renee's life. I can't have any
1: visitors, but I can go on Facebook. At one
3: point I, I...
0: <laughs> yeah. So there's a there and this by this point I'm asking myself a lot of questions. Well first of all, how did he have a cell phone? Yeah. Because you can't yeah. get a cell phone. And I understand some people in jail have cell phones. You can get that, that and they hide that. them and they yeah. hide them. But me and you both know well I don't know if you know but I'd known people in jail before and there's always if not daily checks, weekly checks of your, of your cell to seeing if you're hiding anything like a weapon or anything like that. So that was my first red flag. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, okay, well there's my first red flag. And then the second red flag was, um, he can only text. He can't do voice calls. Yeah. And you know, and that was a red flag for me there. And then he could get onto Facebook, but it's just, there, the, the red flag started for me at yeah. this point, so. Yeah, 100%. Yeah.
3: I sent a message to Renee through uh, Facebook, and he responded. And that's when I first found out he had her passwords. And I I said to him, I don't want to talk to you, I want to talk to my daughter. So you need to leave. And she said, mom, that's Braden. And please don't speak to him like that. I said, well, it's true, Renee. I don't... If I want to have a conversation with him, I'll contact him. I don't want to contact him. I want to speak to you. So he started to come in between Renee and I, yeah.
5: Braden hated that Teresa kept in touch with Renee's ex-boyfriend, Angus.
3: I made a comment on Angus' Facebook profile. He had done something and I liked it. Brayden, he sent me a nasty message and it said how dare you how dare you like your daughter's ex-boyfriend's message what sort of a mother are you and he called me an unfit mother he made me feel so bad
1: yeah the reunion I, I was be shocked. It was the first
3: message that i've received <laughs> from him and i'm reading this thinking what young man speaks to a girl's mother like that but at that point i didn't want her to pull away from us I still wanted to have that relationship with her. So I said to Mark, let's just let it go.
2: Months after Renee's apparent suicide, police were still trying to understand what led her to take her own life. The answer could have been in her new mobile phone, but that went into the ocean with her. Police still had her old handset, but they couldn't unlock it. And so that was returned to Mark and Teresa. This was a crucial moment which would lead the Marsdens to the truth about Renee's relationship with her boyfriend, Braden. The Marsdens' 13
5: year old son, Luke, had a friend who believed he could crack Renee's old phone.
6: He said, Oh, there's an app that can help us. Got online he said the app's $100 dollars we paid for it uh, with our credit card and 10 minutes later he downloaded thousands of text messages from the phone
2: These were scrambled though it took some yep. work correct yeah.
6: yeah it took some work but we were told by the police at the time that out of the phone for months and were unable to for whatever reason get the text messages yeah. he was able to do it with a $100 app at 13.
5: What Mark discovered was staggering. Over three months, from March to June 2013, 11,000 text messages, mainly between Renee and Braden and Renee and Camilla. Mark began to look for patterns as to how and when the messages were exchanged. I plotted on our spreadsheet all the conversations between
6: Renee and Braden, and Camilla and Renee. And when you plot them on a chart, you can see that it's pretty obvious what's happening because when Camilla's Camilla, she'll text Renee four or five, six, 10 times. And then there'd be another dozen text messages between Braden and Renee. Braden stops his texts. Camilla starts texting Renee. It wasn't as if they are all intermixed. They're in segments in and out. At that point, I realized, and I said to Teresa, it's got to be the same person. I sent that chart to the police. And they came back and said, yeah, it's from the same tower. They're one of the same people. Brayden is Camilla.
5: What?
6: And Camilla is Braden.
5: Whoa. Coming up.
4: She would caught it more than 16 times.
5: How Camilla Zaydan took control of Renee's life.
4: You hide, I'll hunt you down. How could you live with that?
1: Wow, man. Magic, you know, it hasn't Mark
5: Marsden has just discovered that Renee's boyfriend, Braden Spateri, does not exist. He was invented by Camilla Zaydan using two mobile
6: phones two phones personal phone that camilla uses to text everybody all her friends and one phone
2: dedicated
6: solely for correspondence between brad and renee
2: and you realize that that moment that camilla had been in total control of Renee's emotions, your emotions, your whole family's emotions?
3: yeah,
6: And friends, everybody. Everybody. With a story that was so well put together, it's faultless. It would have taken a lot of time for her to put it all together because even now, I look back on it and I don't think I could have
2: written a better script myself. Now, you're not police, you're not lawyers. Yeah. Mm. What did you expect would happen to Camilla? We thought that she'd be shit,
6: but there'd be some... Um... Charge put, uh, she'd be charged for something.
2: Renee had been catfished. That's when someone uses the internet to lure, deceive, and manipulate others, usually for money or in romance scams. I spoke with Marilyn McMahon, a professor of criminal law at Deakin University, to find out more about catfishing.
8: Well, catfishing does raise a number of possibilities in relation to criminal offending. The ones that immediately come to mind are stalking and intimidation, which has been used to prosecute people who've engaged in catfishing before. You think about the sort of scams that involve financial fraud, and there are various criminal offences that can be utilised there. You think about uh, the Commonwealth offence of using a carriage service to menace, harass or offend a person. So, having run through those offences, though, in the case of Renee Marsden, you see that none of them immediately seem to be applicable, and that is really the challenge.
2: The New South Wales Police had never seen a case like this before. The creation of Braden Spiteri was clearly linked to the suicide of Renee. But Camilla Zidane had not broken any laws because no money had changed hands. So no crime had been committed. This was a terrible blow to the Marsdens. They knew just how much control Camilla had over their daughter.
6: Camilla was was obsessed with Renee from day one. I don't think at any stage did she ever leave Renee alone or for any length of time.
1: That's crazy.
6: Renee
3: confided mm. in one of my nieces it blew me away that too. Camilla had pinned her up against the wall and made sexual advances towards her. I think from the onset, Renee was frightened of Camilla. Camilla's much bigger than Renee, and Renee didn't know how to handle that. She'd never been in a situation like that before, with someone so aggressive and Hmm. full on.
0: To understand more... You want to say something, AJ?
1: I just don't know how the father didn't go and when he found this out and like kill this girl, like honestly, because I would be so upset. Like, I just can't imagine like your friend actually being the one you've been talking to, and then she's basically communicating you in your deepest, darkest, you know, intimate moments with somebody, and it's really her, not the person you think it is. That's sad. That's so sad.
0: Yeah, I
2: agree. I agree. About Camilla's hold over Renee. I caught up with Renee's cousins, Stephanie and Michael. Stephanie went to the same high school as Renee and Camilla. And did you ever know Camilla?
4: Yes, I did. So I met her in year eight. She was magnificent (laughs) at driving a wedge between Renee and I for about three years. Why? Um, She was just jealous. She didn't want Renee to sleep over my house anymore. She didn't want Renee to come to the movies with me or to parties with me, to go out (coughs) clubbing with me.
5: If Renee did have a sexual relationship with Camilla, it was brief. Renee was interested in boys. When she left school in year 10 and started dating a boy, Camilla's jealousy flared in a chilling prelude of what was to come.
4: I swear to God, kid, you're going nowhere. Do you understand? You abuse me, I'll laugh. You kill me, I'll be your ghost. You hate me, I'll still love you. Run away, chase you. You hide, I'll hunt you down.
5: When Renee enrolled in a hairdressing course at a local TAFE, Camilla soon followed suit. And whenever Camilla could not physically see Renee, she stalked her on the phone.
4: Renee and I were traveling to Bondi. It's about a 50 minute car ride from where we are. And in that time, she had called more than 16 times. And I just remember thinking, like, you've got to be joking. Like, what? who in their right mind caused 16 times? Like, Even somebody in an emergency wouldn't call an ambulance 16 times. And Renee was just like, it's all right, don't worry about it. And I just had like anger against it because I couldn't understand how could you live with that? And that was just 50 minutes. Like, can you imagine a whole day? You wouldn't have any free time. And if you did, you'd have so many different thoughts going through your head.
5: Camilla even saw Renee's mother as a threat.
3: I think deep down, she despised the fact that Renee was so close to me. And that showed in the fact that Renee, on Mother's Day, she got a tattoo and she had my name. I'll never forget it. I, I, I nearly died. I thought, why would you do something like that? But she had down one side of her um, down her side, uh-huh. she had down mm. her torso. Life is beautiful because of you, mum. And then she had my name. And Camilla did everything in her power to have Braden's name put on her.
5: Renee agreed to get a fresh tattoo of Camilla's alter ego, Be Spatiri, inked on the right side of her chest. This was just three months into the relationship. Camilla was now inside Rene's psyche, manipulating her friend's emotions at will for her own amusement. However, she also knew
2: when to pull back. There's a period where it stops.
3: How did that happen? That stopped because of my comment to Camilla and to him. I said to the both of them, if you were half a man, you would leave my daughter alone while you are in prison. And he then said to Renee, "Um, I agree with your mum. I think it's only fair that you sort of do what you got to do. But when I get out, you're mine. And she agreed. And then she started to go out. She met with one of the gentlemen at work and she started a relationship with him.
2: Tell me about Ian.
3: She said, Mum, I've met somebody. And I said, OK, great, fantastic, talk, tell me about him. And uh, she said, he's a lot older than me. 12 years, I think it was.
5: The Marsdens were delighted. Ian treated Renee well and made her happy. However, it was only a matter of time before Camilla reactivated Brayden.
1: Ian
3: started getting yeah. abusive messages from Brayden. <clears throat> so he started now feeling the, the front the yeah, full brunt of Brayden. Not just Renee, but it was Ian as well.
2: What were those messages?
6: How dare you? I, I,
3: I, Leave she, Renee she's, alone. She's I, I have a
6: relationship with her. She's mine, I'm looking to marry her after I get out. Um, bug her off.
3: Yeah.
2: And here's a guy messaging from jail. Yep. Th- in a threatening manner. Yep. yep. Ian's just a, your average guy, he's not used to this. Yep. What was his reaction?
3: He couldn't believe it. He was saying to Renee, you know, like, get rid of this guy, get him out of your life. He gave Renee that ultimatum. Because he couldn't stand the fact that he was getting all these abusive messages either. But Renee chose Braden.
5: Next, will the real Braden Spiteri stand up?
4: Are you Braden Spiteri?
5: Definitely not. I'm
7: not Braden Spiteri. Jesus.
2: Police searched Camilla Zidane's home in relation to Rene's death. They seized her mobile phone, but she'd already deleted most of the messages she'd sent in the guise of Braden Spiteri. Police did find the photo that Camilla used to create Braden in the first place. A current affair tracked down the man in the photo.
4: Tonight, the face behind the fake identity speaks out. Are you Braden Spiteri?
7: Definitely not. I'm not Braden Spiteri.
5: The man in the picture is Cameron Lang.
7: I've now got an image put out there that's an image no one wants to be associated with.
4: Did you ever know Camilla Zaydan?
7: No, I don't remember ever meeting her at anywhere, at any point in time.
5: Cameron later thought the photo may have been taken at a night spot years before. He was also collateral damage. Camilla shamelessly continued to lie to Theresa.
2: When you look back, what was her demeanor through this period?
3: Well, she was always the same. You know, Braden loves Renee, Braden misses Renee. And, you know, when we'd ask her how she'd know, well, she talks to his lawyers. She always had contact with his lawyer. So, I never questioned it because I thought he's just, he must be a family friend.
5: The closer Renee and Brayden became, the less Renee wanted to do with Camilla. She was tired of Camilla's psychological warfare and wanted to end their friendship. Yeah, she planned to do this when Camilla (laughs) went on holiday to the US.
3: She was gone for a month. So at the same time, Braden was going into his parole hearing, and he was going to be released in the next couple of months.
6: So both Camilla and Braden off the scene for a month.
3: Renee had told us that Braden won't have his phone because he'll be in his parole hearing. Camilla obviously not going to have hers because she's she'll be in the states.
5: Camilla's absence was a welcome respite for Renee. She opened up to her mother about years of abuse by Camilla.
3: This was the first time I heard while Camilla was overseas the extent of the abuse from Camilla to Renee. It's the first time she sat me down and said, Mum, there's a problem. What did she say? She said to me, the last straw was, they were driving down the road and Camilla tried to take the steering wheel out of her hands while she was driving. Camilla wanted to kill her. Pulling off the hair, punching at the head, that was it, it was done. She said, I'm done. She said she went psycho one too many times.
5: Renee told her mother she'd messaged Camilla to end their friendship.
3: She said to me, I've finally told her it's over. Once and for all, the friendship is done. I'm not I'm not trusting her ever again. I'm not taking her back. And I said to her, why would you do that? Why, why, she's overseas. And she said, she can't hurt me anymore, Mum.
5: Renee poured her heart out in a letter to Braden that was found in her bedroom, dated the 22nd of July.
4: My beautiful boy, I have finally let Camilla go for good and I feel so much better about it now. I can't be without you, baby. You're my rock, my hero, my everything.
5: Renee believed the lie that Braden could not return her text because of his... Parole hearing. She was expecting he'd soon be released from jail and was making plans for a wedding and a Greek honeymoon. But everything changed when Camilla returned from her
2: holiday. Dun, dun, dun. While Camilla was away, she had no access to yeah, her mobile exactly. phone and only read the messages Renee had sent to Brayden on her she's return. Of course, she's from the Sydney. US.
1: We're all crazy in the US.
2: Rene Work. was planning a life with Braden that didn't include her. so Camilla moved fast to re-exert her control. On August 13, she decided that Braden would dump Rene. so she sent a text to Rene from Braden, saying, "I think I need a break, and so do you."
6: This was perfect opportunity for Camilla to, to end it all, and on the course of that day, The way she broke it up, I think, was uh, blunt and brutal. And I think that is what made Renee so distressed, is the manner in which
3: Braden broke it off with uh, Renee. And then Braden started his barrage of text messages to Renee. And that would have been quite abusive because by the tone of the message I Mm. got from him, I can imagine what he sent her.
2: Camilla, posing as Braden, exchanged 91 texts with Rene on the day of Rene's death. Only Camilla knows the content of those messages. But we do know they drove Rene to take her own life. And we do know that Camilla knew the risk, because posing as Braden, she sent a text to Theresa saying, sort your daughter out. She's threatening to kill herself. Camilla could have been honest with Teresa and saved Renee's life that afternoon. But instead, she chose to create another false narrative.
0: This girl's crazy. Yeah. Like, super, super, super crazy. She
3: pulled me out the front on the second day and said to me she had to talk to me. Everything Renee told me about her, she was telling me about Renee, that Renee was very violent. Renee used to bash her. Um, Renee was seeking help. Because she couldn't control her temper. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I'm thinking I'm beside myself, I've just lost my daughter, and you're worried about yourself. Coming out. Do you regret what happened? Justice.
5: Do you regret what happened? What justice?
3: I trusted you. You came into my home.
6: Biggest belief that you can do this to another person and walk away as if nothing's
1: happened.
0: Yeah, so I'm just gonna stop it for a minute. So um, at the end of this video, what we want everybody uh, to do, if you can, give us your thoughts on Give us your thoughts at the end because there is something something good that kind of comes out of this or at least they're trying to but um we definitely want your thoughts at the end of this at the end of this video um there's not much left um so at the end of this video give us your thoughts and uh because i'm interested because i have my opinions on this
2: police never charged camilla zidane for her role in renee marsden's suicide the case stood still for seven years, until after intense pressure from the Marsdens, a coronial inquest was finally held. you pretending to be
3: Renee's boyfriend. Do you regret what happened? Do you regret what
4: happened?
5: Camilla gave evidence at the inquest, but she was given immunity from prosecution in return for her testimony.
2: Did you go along to the coroner's court? Yes, we did. What were you expecting?
4: I was expecting to Camilla, I I guess, tell the truth, particularly when she was granted immunity. I saw no reason as to why she couldn't just tell us. Even if she didn't want to tell us everything, she could have at least told us 50 or 60% of what really happened in the end.
5: Camilla had seven years to reflect on her actions, but in court, she chose to spin another lie, portraying Renee as a co-conspirator in the creation of Brayden to hide a sexual relationship between them.
4: Camilla Zydon admitted to the coroner Brayden had never existed, claiming she and Renee had made him up together. We were never going to be accepted. She wasn't allowed to be around me. We made the character. That way, she was allowed to see me, the 27-year-old told the inquest.
5: The Marsdens were outraged.
3: Renee's there. I trusted you. You came into my home. My home, I trusted you. You could have told me any time.
2: And then this ridiculous story. Yeah. you expected to believe that Renee had set the whole thing up with, yeah. with Camilla in order to conceal their lesbian relationship from you.
3: It doesn't matter if you're gay, lesbian, but it doesn't matter. If one of my children come home and told me that they were gay, I would love them the way they are. We're accepting, it doesn't matter who you are. While Camilla maintains
4: Renee knew she was acting as Brayden all along, text messages and emails between the pair suggest otherwise.
5: In a text message brought before the coroner, Braden suggested to Renee that she have sex with Camilla to get her anger out. Brene responded with a firm no.
4: Brene even sent sexual videos and photographs to Braden and asked him to
3: reciprocate, which of course he never did. Why were you catfishing your friend?
6: Pure you evil would be the best way to describe her.
3: You wouldn't think someone could be so evil. All we want to know is why her. You know why?
6: Why put our beautiful family through all this?
5: Luke Marsden was 13 when
2: he lost his big sister. What was it like seeing Camilla give evidence?
6: Oh, can I say that on camera? You can. Oh, I it's so heartbreaking. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I shouldn't cry. Just seeing the person that took his sister, it's so difficult.
1: She didn't deserve it.
6: Camilla, she had such an opportunity to come clean and she lied to all of us. Still, even to the point where the coroner knew that she was lying and said, Camilla, tell the truth, she still lied. That's the most heartbreaking thing.
5: Renee's first love, Angus, wonders what might have been, if not for Camilla's
2: actions. And you see the damage that was wrought on everybody, including yourself, and
7: the end of all this, there's no crime. This was something she had planned and executed with military precision over months. It was something that has left people questioning the judicial system at how someone can intentionally do so much harm and damage to so many people and live a matter of kilometres away from the Marsdens, still living her life as if nothing ever happened, and she's moved on. She's now got a husband and kids.
1: Oh my god!
7: She's completely flipped on how she used to see herself. Yep. And she's now living a, a happy life as if none of this ever happened.
6: We still see her at the local uh supermarkets. I at, can't uh, even general. imagine. Can you imagine, it? Oh my yeah, God.
0: Time. It's unbelievable. We're shopping, do we?
6: Yeah. The biggest belief, seeing them?
1: Are you kidding that's me? the best way I
6: can put it. Biggest belief that you can do this to another person and walk away as if nothing's happened and get on with your life.
1: I give that man credit.
0: I tell you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold myself back. No, I she wouldn't. cannot
2: imagine the heartache and distress the Marsdens feel whenever they see their daughter's tormentor. Renee never knew she was being catfished. She jumped to her death, thinking that Braden, the man who dumped her, was real. The coroner concluded that Camilla, the catfisher, was the sole architect of an astonishing deception. However. Stops short of recommending criminal charges against her. And at the end of all this, the coroner notes you're hurt and, and the, the terrible things mm. done to you, and your desire for a law that protects other families in the future mm. from this happening, and says, I'm sorry, I can't make a recommendation. Yeah.
7: Yeah. Uh, how does that make
3: you feel? Oh, It's a slap in the face.
5: The Marsdens feel the law has utterly failed them. It may be too late for Renee, but they want to see the legal definition of catfishing broadened to include what happened to Renee.
3: We can't allow this to happen to any other kid. Boy, girl, doesn't matter. She hasn't gone in vain and I'll make sure of that. I want to clear Renee's name.
5: Next, the big push to introduce Renee's law. We want catfishing to be outlawed.
6: We've got to do something, and we need to do it pretty soon.
1: Yep, it needs to happen.
2: The New South Wales coroner found that Camilla Zidane was solely responsible for the deception that led Renee Marsden to take her own life. However, police were unable to lay charges against her because they lacked evidence to prove that she or anyone else actually encouraged Renee to harm herself.
8: Suicide itself is not a crime, um, but the encouraging of a person to commit suicide where the person does take their own life is typically a crime in most Australian jurisdictions.
2: But the burden of proof is high and the evidence must be so explicit that someone literally has to say, why don't you go kill yourself to get such a case up? Is that correct?
8: I think you're just adverting to one of the real problems in relation to Renee Marsden's death, and that is much of the critical evidence has not been able to be recovered.
5: Before police seized Camilla's mobile phones in December 2013, she'd deleted thousands of text messages she had sent to Renee under the guise of the fictitious Braden Spatiri. The 91 messages exchanged on the day of Renee's suicide were of most interest to the police. They could have shown exactly how far Camilla pushed Renee on the day of her death. However, Camilla deleted the messages, and attempts by police to recover them failed. So, whatever happened to Renee's phone? Police recovered her old phone when they searched her car at the Gap. However, her new phone was never found. It's believed she threw it over the cliff before she jumped. Teresa went to Vodafone Sydney headquarters, seeking Renee's phone data for more answers.
3: I went down with a friend of mine, walked in, A lady came down and spoke with me. I told her the situation and she said, I am so sorry to tell you, but after seven days or messages, uh, they go up to like cyberspace and then they disappear. Unless the police ask to put that phone on hold, nothing gets kept. So my world crumbled at that point because I knew...
6: We were too late.
3: We were too late.
2: This brings us back to the Marsden's campaign to have the law changed in the wake of Rene's tragic death. As the law stands, catfishing is only a crime when someone seeks to benefit financially from the deception of a victim. Rene's case wasn't about money. Camilla just wanted to have total control over Rene. But
6: the coroner, to her credit, she recommended at the end um, making changes to the domestic violence laws to do with coercive behaviour or coercive control, which would encapsulate Camilla's behaviour.
2: It was a scene of unimaginable, inexplicable horror and grief. Inside the burning SUV, the tiny bodies of sisters, Lena, Aliyah and brother Trey Baxter.
5: In 2021, the Queensland Government announced plans to set up a task force to investigate coercive control laws in the wake of the horrific murder of Hannah Clark and her three children by her estranged husband. Reviews into coercive control legislation are also underway in New South Wales and the Northern Territory.
8: Most coercive control offences are limited to the relationships that they cover. Typically, they will apply to persons who are married or who've been married in the past, who are living together in some form of intimate relationship. When a relationship is conducted entirely through text messages, one of the first questions I think that will arise is, does this fit the sort of relationship that coercive control laws are meant to cover? it may be that it does. I think the fact that they did various intimate exchanges through the text messages, that they planned a wedding and that Renee had actually booked a session with a wedding photographer indicates a degree of intimacy in that exchange. So I think a coercive control offence remains a possibility if this was to occur in the future. <laughs>
5: Even if coercive control is covered by new legislation, this wouldn't be retrospective, and it wouldn't be enough to satisfy the Marsdens who have been through so much. They fear another trusting person like Renee could fall victim to the cruelty of catfishing.
6: We want catfishing to be outlawed, where you take on a false persona and, and use that to mentally control somebody or mentally abuse them,
2: whatever. That to us needs to be made illegal. So it's up to the politicians now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What response have you got from them so far?
6: Everybody agrees this is problematic. It's just getting them to act and do it. What we want to do through the media is to get some momentum there to say, yeah, based on this story, we've got to do something and we need to do it pretty soon.
2: Uh, Otherwise, it's it's not going to go away. The coroner's findings in Rene's case are available online, and I urge everyone to read them. You'll understand how the law cannot protect your loved ones from the same fate. Social media dominates young people's lives, but it's also a new front for criminals and the unscrupulous to harm them. Rene's death is a tragedy, that really should inform how social media is regulated. And now it's up to the politicians and the legal profession to find a lasting solution.
6: Mm. I think before Friday, we need, Jake and I, need to get the ute and get all those tiles.
5: As the Marsden family tries to move on with their lives, (laughs) The trauma of Camilla Zaydan's outrageous deception
3: is still evident. It impacts everybody every day. We've lost a daughter. I've lost a best friend.
0: Okay, so Uh, that's basically the obviously the end of the video. So um, obviously. To me, it's very important because of the fact that there is so much of deception uh, going on uh, on Facebook, uh, every social media platform that, uh, you know, I'm sure people have gotten messages in their messenger of people uh, wanting to talk to them, wanting to get money out of them, wanting to whatever it may be. And I seem to I seem to get it every single day. And people pretending to be other people and sending you pictures that are not really them. And you know, and I I block them usually. Um, every so often, I I I'll be honest, I play with them oh, me I, know too. I know it's I know it's fake. And but uh, then when you get into the the little bit of okay, well let's do a video call and then we could talk. And there's always that excuse on Mm -hmm. never wanting to do a video call. And, you know, I think what people uh, and some people are and I'm not saying everyone is, but some people are gullible in that way and and will send them money. And it seems to happen to uh, a lot of elderly people that seem to be losing millions and millions of dollars Mm -hmm. every year around Mm -hmm. the world uh, because of these scammers. And but it's it's about doing your due diligence like Every time somebody comes and tries to talk to me, I'll automatically go to their profile Forward. and see what they're about. And if they're legitimate, they're legitimate. But mm-hmm. um, I, I, I wanted to show this because I think it's a real problem. And my question to you, people, like I was saying, you know, earlier, what are your thoughts on this? What do you do? You think she should have been charged? Do you think? Um, um, Uh, The coroner should have taken it a step further and tried to press charges in some way. I know she got immunity and stuff like that, but the problem is she lied. She lied. She lied on the stand once, uh, once again. Um, Should she have been, you know, perjured and, you know, charged with perjury Um, because they know she was lying and, but it's just a really, really sad story. And. Um, uh, if and I will let people know, and I did see it, you can actually go online uh, to a website called change.org, and uh, there's actually a petition in there that you can sign that uh, will, I believe they're around 16,000, 17,000, and they need 25 signatures for an order for this to go through, uh, this Renee Law. And I think it's I think it's I think it's really important that we go over there and sign it. So you just go to Google and type in Renee from Australia's petition, and it will come up and you can sign it and and uh and uh and and help this family. And it's just you know, you it's a little part. And I get that. I get that, Chris. Legally, what can they do? And, and I get that, but it's just unfortunately it's just really really super sad uh, that this even occurred and i wish they could have done something to this camilla woman what are your thoughts ajb uh, you well
1: i'm kind of with wendy on this you know like they she should have been charged for fraud i mean but like i like the people say there's no money involved so you know there's identity fraud but there's no money that's being involved so they can't even hit them on fraud so i understand on that in my personal opinion when someone does something wrong, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're in trouble when it comes to the law and like not everything you do wrong is set in law, which unfortunate it's very unfortunate because there's these loopholes like this where good people and great families get destroyed by tragedy because of stuff like this.
0: Yeah, and it's just yeah. so
1: sad to see that our judicial systems around the world have not caught up and figured out that this world is so much more evil than it persists to be or persists to be that we need to do something about this catfishing. And I think they do need to make it illegal because with people having this happen and there's been other cases where people have committed suicide or killed themselves due to a catfishing situation. It's not just Renee too. And it's unfortunate and it needs to be stopped. It's getting worse. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And it seems to be, it seems to be getting worse and worse. Definitely on, unfortunately uh, where we are right now is Facebook. Yeah. And Um, I think I, I even think, uh, and, but at the end of the day, how to control it, how do you control it? How do you control it? Like people can be putting in pictures, but there was a time, and I don't know if Facebook still does this or not, but there was a time when you created an account, you had to prove it was your account and you had to send in picture ID. Yeah. Are they getting away? Like, do they still do that? I don't know.
1: No, I think it's only if you need to recover your account. I don't think it has to do with, you know, having an account anymore because I opened up accounts constantly for my podcast and I never have a single thing to ask who I am or, or anything. So it's pretty, you know, it's pretty scary how lenient it really is.
0: Yeah, it is. And, and, and I'm hoping this, obviously this Renee law will probably more than likely just be in Australia, but I really hope other countries catch on like other governments catch on and And, you know, and, and this law goes right across the whole country, like the whole world, basically. And it's unfortunate. And I know people that have been catfished and been scammed out of money. Yeah. And a lot of money. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully this family is able to put this petition through. And, uh, you know, it's a start. It, if it happens in one country, hope, hope, like I said, hopefully the other countries follow suit. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, I really hope uh, you guys enjoyed that. And uh, obviously, we'll, we'll be back next week with a another show. But yeah. we're, we, we've learned that we got to be a little more careful when we're showing these type of videos, unfortunately. Um, so we'll probably get into more just showing bits and pieces of videos. And uh, we, you know, we don't want to get in any kind of trouble, but we wanted to start off this show with, you know, something like this to really explain what we're going to be doing um, as this show goes along. We're 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 actually we're actually going to try to interview people that are in law enforcement, um, and I know AJ has a family member that uh, works in the jails, and even trying to get them on uh, to interview and stuff like that. So we're definitely we're definitely going to be doing a lot of different things. But we do have to be careful when it's showing videos. Obviously, I know YouTube's a lot more stricter than Facebook, and Facebook's a lot more stricter on music yeah. than showing these videos. YouTube's a lot more stricter on showing yeah. videos than music. Yeah. So, but actually, I think it's more like I think it's more both than anything. But uh, we definitely. Uh we definitely have to be more careful. Yeah, and that's why we're saying this. Uh, yeah, we're saying
1: it Susan because they took our, our video down. We noticed right when we began the documentary. So
0: yeah, yeah, we noticed that. So uh we're definitely going to be a lot more careful when doing these shows. Uh, yeah. but we want to provide this show to you guys, and um, I think it's I think it's gonna be a lot of fun as yeah. we go along, and uh we'll definitely come up with new and different things for everyone, uh, so you can enjoy. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's it. I think that's it. We don't have an outro yet, so we're gonna get an outro. And uh, but uh, I hope you guys like this, and uh, I hope you'll continue supporting this show. And if you can, go over to the YouTube channel and and uh, give it a like and subscribe right. and a follow and all those things. And obviously, share it out through Facebook as well. You have any last words before we go, AJ?
1: Um no, I just want to say and reiterate what you say. Please go to uh you know the change.org or go online and and ch- you know check out Renee Law um and see if we can get this passed for this family. This family deserves um you know people around the world not just this family but this family deserves um some kind of closure for them and I know they haven't gotten it yet. And I give credit to that father because as a, if I was a father and someone took my daughter's life like that, like even though it wasn't them taking the life of my daughter.
0: Yeah, I get what you're saying. I would still
1: they would be, and I have to see them in the supermarket every day. Oh, you're gone. I'm sorry. Make I will risk time. going to jail for the rest of my life for my kid. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's just, yeah. I give him so much credit to be able to walk into a supermarket, see the person was responsible for your child not being there anymore. And you have to see them every time you're in there almost. It's like, I couldn't imagine that kind of stress. And I give these people a lot of, lot of, of, uh, a lot of credit and I hope that this law gets passed for them so that this girl can maybe get charged or maybe something can happen.
0: Yeah. Great. Well, with that being said, we're going to have to come out with some kind of slogan or ending or something like that before we leave. Right. Um, you know, um, all I'm going to say is have a great evening and stay safe during the week. And uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah. There you go. You I got, got one? one. Stay okay. killer. Stay what? Stay killer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to be dark. I apologize. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Case closed. I like that. I like Case that. Case closed. Thank you, Chris. That's awesome. So here we go. We're going to say for the first time, case Case closed. closed. Good night, everyone.